Yes, people. It is that week. It's that time. So I hope you are ready for a new echo chamber. So as we do, we're going to start off with the UK box office top 10 for the weekend of the 10th to the 12th of February. Okay, at number 10 is The Fablemans, right? This is Steven Spielberg's new joint, right? He also co-wrote it with Tony Kushner. It's starring Michelle Williams, Gabrielle Labelle, Paul Danu, Judd Hirsch, Seth Rogen, um, Alina Brace, and others. At number nine, I think this is a new one, right? It's half-term and all that, so it makes sense, right? It's from David Alu, Eric Toasty, and Jean Francis Toasty. It is Epic Tales, Right, it's written by the Toasties. Um, actually, they all did it. They all directed and co-wrote. So eh, there you go. Right, it's got a voice cast of Casey Chase, Christophe Lemune, Emmanuel Crutil, Michael Tulu, France Confic. Okay. At number eight, it is Pathon, right? Um, yeah, Bollywood or something like that. From director Sidraf Amnad. Um, he came up with the story, and the screenplay is from Shridhar Raghavan. Okay, so people. At number seven, we looked at this a few weeks back. It is Plain, the new film from Jean Francis Riquet, written by Charles Cumming and JP Davis. It's starring Gerard Butler, Mike Coulter. And did you hear there's a sequel coming starring Coulter called Boat? <laughs> I ain't lying. I ain't lying. Right, also, this is starring Yozan Ann, Daniela Pineda, and Paul Ben Victor. Okay, so that means at number six, it's the new joint from Darren Aronofsky. Right, this is written by Samuel D. Hunter, and it is called The Whale. Right, it, it's the resurgence of Brendan Fraser. We got Sadie Sink, we got Ty Simpkins, Hong Chow. Samantha Moulton, Safra Sidharan, JC Sink, and Willem Sakaduk. Right, so we are now in our top five. At number five is the new joint from uh, J. What is it? M. I was going to say J. It sounded wrong. M. Night Shalaman. Right, he also co-wrote with Steve Desmond and Michael Sherman, and it's starring. Date. Did I say the name of the film? It's Knock at the Cabin. I'm not sure I said the name. Knock at the Cabin, people. Starring Dave Batista, Jonathan Groff, Ben Aldridge, Nikki Amuka Bird, Rupert Grint, Abby Quinn, Kristen Q, McKenna Kerrigan. Yeah. 
Um, at number four, James Cameron. He's doing his thing. He co-wrote it as well with Rick Jaffa and Amanda Silver. You know, it's Avatar Way of Water. Zoe Salander, Kate Winslet, Sam Worthington, Sigourney Weaver, Stephen Lang, Giovanni Rabisi. You know, they're all doing their thing. So at number three... Double, it's double Cameron, people. It's Titanic, right? This one he both wrote and directed. We got DiCaprio, Winslet, um, Zane, you know, Bates, Fisher, Stuart Paxton. You know the drill at number two, people. It is Magic Mike, Last Dance. Right, so Steven Soddenberg directs, Reed Carolyn writes, okay, um, starring Channam Tatum, Salma Hayek, Kathleen Gerard, Nancy Carroll, Christy Lee Emby, Casey Ilana Stefosos, which means our number one film this week. It's time for some Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Okay, so this is from Joel Crawford and Jean Mikado, right? They both direct, and it is written by Tommy Swoodlow and Paul Fisher. Voice cast, Antonia Bandares, Selma Hayek again, Harvey Gililion. Florence Pugh, Olivia Coleman, Ray Winston, Samson Kao, John Mullaney, Wagner Mora, and Divine Joy Rudolph. So, people, that is the top 10. I think it's about time we get into some films, you know? So, if you're ready, people, um, yeah, let's go. Okay, people, let's get things started with a new Netflix joint. It is your place or All right, people, so I checked out Netflix's new joint, Your Place or Mine, right? It is written and directed by Aline Brosh McKenna. And it's her feature directorial debut as well. The film is then produced by Jason Bateman, Aline Brosh McKenna, Michael Costigan, yep, and Reese Witherspoon. It's executive produced by Tracy Nyberg. Um, oh, Lauren Levy Neustadler. Also produced the film. Yeah, uh, so Heather Morris, Mary D. Howard, Emily Vernon Batch, also executive produced the film. And it's co-produced by Shannon Veo. Sidraf Kusla handled the music. Florian Balhas was on cinematography. It's edited by Chris a. Peterson, Rona Cress handled the casting, 
William Arnold, production design. Set decoration is David Smith. Sophie Derakoff was on costume design. And our cast. Well, we have got Reese Witherspoon as Debbie Dunn. Um, we have got Wesley Kimmel as her son, Jack. Right. Her best friend is Peter Coleman, played by Ashton Kutcher. Uh, then there's Minka, who is someone that Peter has hooked up with in the past. He's played by Zoe Chow. We have got Zen, played by Steve Zahn, who is um, Debbie's gardener. Her best friend is Alicia, played by Tig Notaro. There is um, Scarlet, played by Rachel Bloom. Right? There is Theo, Theo Martin, played by Jesse Williams. Um, we've also got Professor Golden, played by Griffin Matthews, who is um, Jesse's friend. Uh, there is Becca, played by Vela Lavelle. Vanessa, played by Shiri Appleby. Evan, who... Well, Evan and Wade go to the same school as Jack. Evan is played by Tanner Swagger. And Wade is played by Mystic in School. There's Alex, played by Michael Hitchcock. Sydney, played by Rene Goob. Um... Mm -mm -mm. Dr. Rajas, played by Gloria Calderon Collette. Um, Marissa, played by Brittany Young. Mm, I would say that that is probably our main group of peoples. You know what I mean? That's what I would say. Now, the gist of the film. Um, it is doo -doo -doo -doo, two long distance best friends change each other's lives when she decides to pursue a lifelong dream and he volunteers to keep an eye on her teenage son. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Ugh, the tagline is two lives, two cities, one last chance. Ba, 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 ba. So, this film is straight safe. It just walks that line. It's not veering either side. It's not trying to be edgy or controversial. It is just going, what is the usual formula for these type of films, right? That's what this is, you know, which is a shame because, you know, they're not. Well, Reese Witherspoon is a pretty decent actress. We have seen her really, you know, jump into some good roles, man, you know. And I think Kusha didn't do a bad job in jobs, you know. He has been in some garbage. But there have been times when he has, like, shown he's got some chops, you know? But 
this is I you know remember there was a, that period of time when we had the, Gary Marshall put out those occasion films you know like New Year's Eve there's Valentine's Day um, think of I feel there's another one thrown in there somewhere but you know what I mean he, he was doing those films he had assembly casts and you know multiple storylines all about people meeting and falling and they were just hokey as fuck even those are slightly more edgy than what this is like you know everything that is gonna go down in this film you just know it and it's like all those all the situations everything just seems to fall into place perfectly right it, it, it's trying to show something but then the evidence we're given you're just like huh like Reese Witherspoon her character Debbie you know and she's meant to be you know poorer than Ashton Kutcher's character Peter but her house is nice it's not like she's living in a shithole or anything like that you know she has everything she needs that's what we're seeing now you want to we might want to be like oh well you know she's barely getting it's not what they're showing us right but when she goes to peter she's like oh my god this is so nice oh you know but obviously right he has to live in a place that's all you know oh there's no handles oh there's uh, no pictures there's no you know what i mean it's just doing that thing like, oh, he's successful. That means his life has to be hollow, right? We we see him in a relationship at the start, but then it, like, you know, because at first you're like, oh, it's either a hookup, right? It's not a hookup. It's a relationship. And you're like, okay, well, this ain't lasting. And then the reason it ends is just a bit like, this is so dumb. Like, it was, it's just a question that you'd just be like, I kind of feel that would have been asked ages ago. Right? And the way the response to it is just like, yo, we're grown fucking people. You know what I mean? You know how to answer the question. Right? And, and not upset someone. Or to, if you're trying to hide your intentions, which you kind of feel he probably was. Like, there's different ways. And that's not what we get. So it's just like, oh, okay, okay, whatever. And, you know, Jack, Debbie's son, got all these allergies. But there's a bit in it when he's just like, you can eat, um, can you eat Mexican food? He's like, yeah. And it's just like, well, that's not the thing. You know, because technically you can eat any food from any country. But there's obviously... Because there was a whole list that she went through, right? So there's all these things he can't eat. And a lot of those things you find in Mexican food. So that was just like, what's the point, right? What's the point in this allergy? Because it, it doesn't really add anything. You know, you want to, like the whole thing, she's like overprotective. Well, he doesn't need allergies for that. You know what I mean? Like the whole ice hockey thing, again, is like these things don't necessarily make any sense. 
what we're seeing, right? If someone's meant to be hiding this thing, an oven isn't where you're going to be putting it, especially, right, when you've invited your friend over who you know cooks, right? She's not getting takeouts. So she'll be using the oven, right? It's just these dumb things. If it's like, wait, if you're hiding it, you're not hiding it in that way, right? That was just, what? And there was a bit in the film where Peter has this epiphany, you know? And it is a girl that's like, hmm, I think this. And he's like, no, 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 no. And then suddenly, you know, but it's like, then this thing happens towards the end of the film, right? And then what he says, he declares, it's just like, that's not true, though. Because you only had this epiphany midway through that, oh, I think I, you know, oh, I didn't know that happened. And it's just like, and then you're going, oh, ever since this, and it's just like, we're rewriting history here. What the fuck? There's characters that I don't know why we've got Tig Nogueiro's character or Steve Zahn's character. They added absolutely nothing, absolutely nothing to this film. They were pointless, which you can tell by these performances. It's just, there was nothing there. There's no personality. There's, there's, it's just like, what, what is this? You know what I mean? Like, and that's not just on the actor, right? That's on the direction they're given, like the script. There's so many, there's so many reasons why something isn't going to pop. But yeah, this, this film, it, it's like it wanted to be this comedy, right? It wanted to be this really sweet, like touching, romantic film. And it just doesn't do either. Doesn't do either, unfortunately, people. Unfortunately, you know, what I mean, this look all about a good comedy, right? You want after a long ass week, you want to just be out there or a long day just to sit back and chuckle, and that's just not what we're doing here, you know. It's a shame, it's a shame, and yeah, as I said, look. Kutcher, like, well, he's been in some, ter like, Just Married, My Boss's Daughter, terrible films, better than this one, yeah, and, and, you know, guess who, terrible, better than this one, like, and as I said, look, this film, it's not that it's terrible, it's just, it doesn't commit, doesn't commit to anything, you know, which I feel is just such a shame, it's such a shame, you know, because look, I feel it's better to just be terrible, because you're going hard in one direction, than to try and walk this invisible line, and just not do anything, you know, it, it, it's just, everything is super predictable, and then the way it ends, right, you know those films that, like, 
everyone's life just goes perfectly. And even though there's no experience, they get these opportunities that just like, huh? Like, you know what I mean? Because when we talk to people in real life that do those things, it's just like, oh yeah, it took this long and I had to do this and bum, bum, bum. Right, it's very rare that someone's just, you know, walks into being this thing. Now, look, we know you can have a friend hook you up. You can be wealthy and get these opportunities. And going to be white and get these opportunities. You feel me? But, like, to then go to be a success, that's where it gets, like, silly. That's where it gets silly. Every fucking time. Every time. Like, the conversations, none of these interactions felt like they were real interactions. Right, it's the way Jack talks to Debbie, Debbie and Peter interact. It's just nothing feels like it should. Right, I talk to my girl all the time. Our conversations, like we can laugh, and you know what I mean. It's great. I love the conversations, but they feel something. These conversations, they didn't feel anything. Right, and that's the craziness, and that whole thing. We tell each other everything. Is there something you want to tell me? It's just like, come on, man. What are we doing? What are we doing? You know, it's frustrating. It's frustrating. Like, don't get me. I didn't think this was gonna be like incredible. It wasn't gonna be, you know. A um away we go. Wasn't gonna be that. What it wasn't going to be a Juno, right? Wasn't gonna be that. Wasn't gonna be a 16 candles, pretty in pink, you know, an eternal sunshine for the spotless mind, right? I wasn't expecting a love Jones, but I was hoping, I was hoping for something with just a little charm, right, that could make you smile, you know, and unfortunately, people, that is not what we got, but, but, because, you know, you know what I like, right, you know what I will jump for, sometimes I get surprised, you feel me, but, I will say, right, if you like films like Guess Who, right, my boss's daughter just married, down to you, right, if those are your type of films, right, Who Got Mail, you know, those sorts of things, then your place or mine is in the vein of that type of film that you will probably enjoy, you know, that's what I would say, like, Long Weekend, Zoe Chow's film from a couple of years ago, that's a better film, that's a better film, but, like, Senior Year, you know, that, that, that's on a similar kind of tip, right, so, I kind of feel they're your barren meters, people, you know what I mean, but it's on Netflix, so you can dip in and see what you think. 
right? But yeah, there you go. Your place or mine. Okay, and so now, people, it's the first of our signature entertainment joints and our first film based on a true story. It is Bandit. Okay, people, so Signature came with a new flick. It is called Bandit, okay? And this one is based on a true story, right? It's directed by Alan Unger. It's written by Craig Wyman and based on a book, The Flying Bandit, by Robert Knuckle and Ed Arnold. The film is produced by... Uh, Jordan Beckerman. Uh, Eric Goslin. Uh, Jordan Yale Levin. Boy, there's a lot of producers on this film, man. Um, and Ryan Donald Smith. Okay, so it is executive produced by Ryan and Henry Winterstern, Thomas Whiteman, Craig and Mark. No, Craig Wyman and Mark Wiseman. Laura, um, no, Alan Unger, uh, Jeffrey Tusi, Swen Temel, Luke Taylor, Yaz Talat, Richard Schweitzner, Max Spielberg, Gallen Smith, Joe Sisto, Emily Hunter Salverson, Jeff Sackman, Gregory Rudden, Anne B. Rudin, uh, Michael J. Rothstein, Compton Ross, Ron Rivlin, Jeff and Kelly Price, Delphine Perrier, Garrett Patton, Ian Niles, David Nazir, Gabriel Napora, Pekka Morley, Joel Mikeley, Barry Merowitz, Fazil Maham, Mahomed. Uh, Joe Listeus, Scott Levinson, Jason Kringstein, Jim Clark, Nathan Kinghur, Don Kennedy, 
Ali Jazieri, Richard Lute, Phil Hunt, Matthew Helderman, Larry Greenberg, David Genderon, Kirk Friedrichson, Arena Fraser, Kurt Feichel, Addison Ray Esterling, Josh Damore, James D. Giancamo, Mark Danon, Luke Daniels, Lisa D. Ambrosio, Colby Coe, Alan Cheney, Jonathan Brooks, Brittany Brooks, Lee Broder, Peter Ansk, and Brant Anderson. Jeez. So many cooks up in that kitchen, man. Aaron Gillius handles the music. Alexander Chinky was on cinematography. Michael Lan and Alan Unger edited the piece. Burns Burns was on production design. Art direction was Scott Daniel and Kat McLeod. Set decoration is Eric Lieberich. Costume design, Annie Simon. Hair and makeup, we've got Anna Williams, Carson Pack, Claire Mintz, Tonnelly Maroon, Stacey Lockhart, Lillian Howard, and Clarissa Elizabeth Chiminti. And our cast. Finally, the cast. So, uh, we have got Robert being played by Josh Damel. Um, his wife, Andrea, is played by Elijah Cuthbert. We've got Tommy, played by Mel Gibson. Snides, played by Nesta Carbonal. Hoffman, played by Swen Temmel. Um, Diamond Day, played by Keith Arthur Bolden. Bishop, played by Dylan Fleischner. Linda, played by Olivia Diabo. Uh, Captain McGinley, played by Michael C. Cole. Michael H. Cole, even. Um, Claire Bronson plays Robert's mum. Diamond Dave's girlfriend is played by Jessica Luzka. Uh, we've got Jessica Detella, played by Linda Solomon. The bank managers, played by Ian Hutch. Frosty Vendor is played by Lorenzo Yerby. Jill is played by Chiara D'Ambosia. Um, yeah, I'd say that's the main group, there's a load of other people that don't really have names, um, and the gist of the film is this, okay, so, um, 
Gilbert Galvon Jr., a charming criminal, escapes from prison and assumes a new identity, Robert. After falling in love with Andrea, a caring social worker he can't provide for, he discovers he is exceptionally good at robbing banks, using the most elaborate schemes with the help of loan shark gangster Tommy. Gilbert's heists go bigger and bolder until his perfect plan finally goes wrong. So there we go, right? We start off kind of at the end, but we don't realize how close to the end this is. And then we kind of work our way backwards. And it's, hmm, like, it's not a terrible film. It just, I don't know, it, it didn't really have that next gear. I didn't have that next gear. And, you know, it, we're told at the beginning it's based on a true story. Now, we all know when it's based on, it means that some of the stuff mm, might not be fully true. Right? Like the whole pizza thing at the end, they say this actually happened. The only thing is you go, how? Right? How would that happen? Who makes a call? And also, who would let it go all the way through? This is makes no sense. It's bizarre. Anyway, right? The the big thing we're told is, you know, he's down on his luck. I mean, he does as I said, he escapes from prison. So mm, you know, but he decides to rob these banks, but we don't really like we see him get turned down from a couple of jobs. But come on. He could have got something, right? So it, it, it's there is that. It's hard to like Robert, you know? But we don't have to like him, right? Don't have to like him. But I think one of the big things is it's just like, I don't know, the motivate. I wasn't buying any motivation in the film, you know? I'm not buying... The relationship with him and Andrea because we don't really see how it like he keeps on staying at the hostel that's it right and he convinces her to let him in each night which why is he turning up late that's a bit like we have no clue why he turns up late he does she lets him in why because you know what I mean? it's not like there's some grade A lines being slung or anything like that and we that's the only interaction we see so then it's like why she why would she go on a date with him you know what I mean because look people saying at a hostel are they're not gonna be the best people in the world you know like they're down on the basically broke they're down on the luck not saying they're scum or anything like that, but you know what I mean? She's the social worker, the 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 you know the helper 
of these people. So it's kind of, it, yeah, it's a bizarre one that that would happen. Now, it's not to say these situations don't happen in the world. We know they do. But there's usually something, right? The, the charisma and the, the, the charm and all of this, right? The, the, there's conversations, and, but we don't see it. So it's just like, why? We get this big, you know, she gives this big speech, right? That she doesn't take any bullshit and you can't lie to her and blah, blah, blah. Which then kind of doesn't hold true. Doesn't hold true, right? She gets all angry. There's a bit where she's angry. But it's just like, yo, there were so many lies that you found out about. So you really believe in there was being no more? Like, what? Come on now. You know, uh, there's a lot of it that gets kind of predictable. But then there's these things that happen that then, you know, well, what comes from that? Right? There's an arrest, which you, you knew was going to happen just with some of the interactions and everything. So it's just like, well, obviously this gets salty, which then would, right? But we then don't really see the next part, right? It's just like, oh, so the arrest happened. Oh, it's this person. And then, eh, that's it. We'll leave that. We'll leave that, Fred. Won't go anywhere with that. And there's a few of those kind of things, you know, just a fact, because the cops were going into Tommy's place all the time. So the fact that certain things weren't picked up on, kind of odd, kind of odd. There's a whole fingerprint situation, which goes nowhere. Right, but really, there's disguises, but there's no gloves, you know, he's like, and his disguise is all good, but if you're leaving your fingerprints all over the shop, you know what I mean? Kind of makes it all pointless. But I was like, the disguises weren't good. You know what I mean? Like, they didn't really change who he looks like. You, you look at him and you'd be like, yo, it's the same dude. You know what I mean? So that was bizarre. There was a lot of, there was just a lot of these things that I just felt didn't necessarily make any sense. But I think, like, the film is fine, right? It, it, it's fine up to that point, right? But you then hit this situation. You then hit this situation where you're just like, okay. But it's a bit long, right? It's just over two hours. And I think if it was shorter, right, you could just go, well, it's fine. It's, you know, a happy-go-lucky jaunt, right? But it just, I feel it just went too long. I think it could have been, it easily could have been half an hour shorter. Easily. I think make it, a solid hour 15 max, 
great because there's all this other stuff that I just didn't really think was that necessary. It doesn't really do anything. Like at the very end, we get these extension kind of bits to the story, which are just like, does anyone care? Right? We're not really given enough on some of the characters to kind of really form any real attachments to really be like, oh, that's my dude. Right? I hope that person gets through. I hope she gets through. I hope. You know what I mean? You just be like, eh. What? What? I don't care. Right? No one really ages, which is bizarre because we do get these big chunks of time. But yeah, no one ages. Yeah? It's just, it was, it was an odd film because you're just like, just so many ways Homie could get caught. But nothing's being done. Now, look, it's set in the past. Like the 80s kind of starts. So, you know, there's certain technologies and stuff that weren't around then. You know, but yeah. It's, um, I don't know. I just, like, a story like this could have been weightier. Right, could have been weightier, could have been like real, like, ooh, okay, look what they done. So I see that. Right, but it was, yeah, it just wasn't quite that. Right, you, there was a film, oh, I feel it was a couple of years ago, Flag Day, right? Sean Penn and his daughter were in it, and that wasn't bad. That, that was okay, like, it wasn't incredible. But I think it was more solid than this, right? And when you think of films, great films, like, uh, you know, oh, gosh, Gold Purple, right? Gold Purple, Gold Purple, you know, uh, Fleming's film, which is fantastic. You know, The Bank, Robbie, that's a great film. Right, this just doesn't have that same panache, unfortunately. Doesn't really have it. I'm like, um, uh, trying to think of films that are kind of similar to this. I I would say, now it's not, obviously it's not the same, because it's not really action or anything like that. But you've got like Guy Ritchie's Wrath of Man. You know, that's kind of like, eh, eh. And I think there's some other Jason Stephen-ish films, right, that don't quite hit the mark. So I would say, yeah, if you're fans of them, then, you know, this this possibly will kind of kind of fit. But I don't know. It depends what you want, people. It really does, you know? I'm, as you know, I can be very, you know, (laughs) like sometimes shit just does not hit me, just does not hit me, and this one just doesn't really do it. Like, the acting is fine. It's all fine, but we don't get that, ooh, Right, we don't get that range. There's no real emotion 
right? Let's, you feel there should have been these real heartfelt moments. We don't really get those, you know? But yeah, people, as I said, look, it is out. Um, yeah, it's out. So look, it might connect with you. It might not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I, I don't know what to tell you. But yeah, those are my two cents, right? Just my thoughts, baby. You can love it or you can disregard it. But Bandit, yeah, you can go watch it. Okay, people. And yes, it is our second signature joint. Our second true story joint. This one is the inspection. Okay, people. So we have another joint from Signature Entertainment. It is the inspection. Okay. So, um, yeah, this is the feature directorial debut from Elegance Bratton, who also wrote the film. It is produced by F.E.T. Brown and Chester Algernal Gordon. Executive produced by Kim Coleman, Nina Fulkov, Melanie and Adam Lewis, David Paradise, uh, Chris Quintos, Regina yeah, Regina Scully, Jennifer Wilson, Jamie Wolfe, Gabriel Union, and Holly Shakur-Fleischer. Um, Lachlan Milne, Milne handled cinematography. Um, Oriana Sudu edited the piece. Production design was... Eric Louise Robert and Tommy Love. Costume design, we have Fernando A. Rodriguez. The Animal Collective were down with the music. Um, and casting was Kim Coleman. Okay. So, the, um, the cast. Well, Ellis French is played by Jeremy Pope. His mother, Inez French is played by Gabrielle Union. We then have got Laws, who's played by Book and Woodbine. Um, Rosales, played by Raul Castillo. Harvey, played by Macau Lombardi. Brooks, played by Nicholas Logan. Ismail, played by Eman Espandi. Castro, played by Aaron Dominguez. Bowles, played by Aubrey Joseph. Label, played by Andrew Kai. Seamus, played by Tyler Merritt. Colonel Casey, played by Steve Mockat. Um, the Chaplain is played by Wynne Reichart. Uh, bam Bam, it's played by Eddie... Miggy Plaza. Maya is played by Crystal Labegia. 
uh, Cassandra, played by Alex Mugler. Um, the veteran we see is Reginald Murray. Uh, opioid addict is Chase Van Velixborough. Um, graduation officer is Brad Knapp. And the PMI is Daniel Williams. Okie dokie. So, the gist of the, uh, the gist of the film, what is this thing about, you may ask? Well, a young gay black officer, reject, well, man, rejected by his mother and with few options for his future, decides to join the Marines, doing whatever it takes to succeed in a system that would cast him aside. But even as he battles deep-seated prejudice and the grueling routines of basic training, he finds unexpected camaraderie, strength and support in his new community, giving him a hard-earned sense of belonging that will shape his identity and forever change his life. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Now, Ellis in the production notes, um, sorry, Bratton, right? It, it, it's got a, um, yeah, an interview with him. Um, and he, he talks about, you know, making the movie, right? Uh, so he said this, I made this movie first and foremost to heal myself from things I had been through. And I think the one thing that was most damaging to me is the idea that somehow by being gay and black, I was basically a social pariah. The world had nothing to gain from me. So therefore, I didn't matter. I didn't exist. Then I joined the Marines and learned that I'm important because of my ability to protect the person to my left and my right. And I felt um, like the less, that lesson that you're only as important as your ability to protect others was really restorative for me. It gave me a purpose in life. And I feel right now, politically speaking, the world is paralyzing rapidly. I felt the lesson that I learned was an important one to share with people. You matter because you're in a community with other people and you owe it to yourself to love yourself so you can be there for them. In the Republican Democratic stalemate that we appear to be struck in, this is an important lesson to put out in the world, an important message to share. But ultimately, sharing that helps me to accept that I've actually learned it. And I've healed from the, that moment in my life where I felt like I was invisible and didn't matter. So, yeah, that's what Bratton has to say. And at the beginning, you know, we, we see him, you know, he looks like he's sleeping in a shelter, um, halfway home, that kind of thing, right? Doesn't seem to be working. He's got friends, but we see him go to his mum. And his mum, she's a police officer. She doesn't really 
you can see there's this shit there. Now, I would say we don't necessarily know that it's because of his sexuality, right? Because it could be, at this point, it could be a number of things, right? Because he's a he's around drug users and things like that. So we don't know if he at some point was down with all of that. You know, you know, parents do not dig staying out, partying, all of that. So we don't really know, but we can definitely feel that there is something there, you know? And so there is this tension between the two. And he, you know, he states, I'm, I'm going to join the Marines. Now, we don't, like, the other thing we don't necessarily know, like, what were the other avenues he maybe fought on? Like, did he try for other things and got turned out? Like, how was this the last resort? You know what I mean? I think that's kind of the thing that you you wonder about, right? Because I think we sometimes will put ourselves in certain situations because we feel this is the only thing, right? So then you understand that you're going to put up with certain shit because, you know, there's not much else. Right? This is the chance. This is the thing you have to seize on to. So I think that could have been useful, but you know, it is what it is. Because he gets into the Marines and all is fine. You know, it's just the standard hazing until everyone realizes he's gay. Right? And, you know, that's a problem. I I think I well I don't know right because you you wonder was it because of you know where it happened now if they had been sitting around the table talking and it came out now obviously there's going to be people that ain't feeling it you know what I mean because that's it Pete there's homophobia there's racism there's all of these things just in life in general but in the way it did come out. Right, you can kind of like you get why people ain't gonna be too pleased, but it still doesn't. It, it, you know, what I mean that still doesn't warrant what then goes down, right? There's, you know, there's often things people do, and you're just like, come on, man, what the fuck? But you're not gonna then go right now. You can fuck off. I don't want to see you, you should die. You know what I mean? It's just like, yo, sort your shit out. Sort your shit. Come on. Come on. You know? Um, but yeah, then everything goes south. Right? I, I think it would be interesting to know when this happened. Right? Because although, right? Yeah, there's prejudice and racism and just all of those things. Everything, all those isms still exist. They're still prevalent. But we do, you know, you do feel that certain attitudes, there are people that are accepting now. Like, it's not perfect. It's no way perfect, right? But 
the, the, you, you're possibly coming across more people that are not going to let certain things ride, you know? Like, there's, you know, back in the day, right, I'd been at work. I was doing, you know, just teals, right, while I was at uni. And, you know, people come up to the teal and be like, you know, N-word, go back to your own country. And the managers just all stood there, all just stood there and let this shit happen. Now, you'd hope that was what, yo, 20 years ago, son. Fuck, that was 20 years ago. You'd like to think that shit would not go down now, right? You, I mean, there's probably some places where that shit will go down, you know what I mean? But you'd at least like to think there's someone that's going to be like, nah, yo, get the fuck back, you know what I mean? So, yeah, it, it, it's one of those things where you're just like, okay, was, was this, you know, 20 years ago? Because it's it doesn't really seem that long ago that, you know, it was officially, right, officially stated that gay people are called to be in the army. Because there was a thing where, you know, you know what I mean, you couldn't, right? And this is the thing, because at the beginning, when they're, when they're joining, they are asked questions, right? Like, have you ever participated in terrorist activities? You know what I mean? Which you kind of feel, if you're a terrorist, you're just going to say no, right? It's not going to trip someone up and go, oh, yeah, actually, yesterday I was going to blow. Like, ah, fuck, he caught me, right? The, the dumb questions. But they're asked that, and are you homosexual, right? Which, again, if you are, you're not going to say yes. You know what I mean? Like, because you would know that, yeah, it's, you know what I mean, frowned upon, right? So you're just going to be like, no, 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 people don't need to know my shit. You know what I mean? I'm going to go do this thing, right? So that is us. So it's not current times right so you kind of wonder when exactly they talk about i think going over to iraq but you know that still you know but um yeah it, it's just the attitudes and the hazing and just all of this kind of thing are going down and you feel it Right, you you feel the people like you know he's he's fellow recruits, right? The gazes, the 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 some have got hatred, some are just trying to fit in, right? And so you there's certain certain cats, right? I think if we think of um, uh, Ishmael, right? There's a bit where you see Ishmael and he's looking, and you know. Right, that from the look, yeah, yo, he wants to stand up for um, you know, what I mean, he, he wants to stand up for French, but then you also know that he's facing his shit, right? So it's like, I don't need the heat, right? So you see that, and you can see some other people who aren't necessarily comfortable but are just going along, right? going along with the crowd so you you get that sense man you really do which to be able to create that that you know what i mean that's impressive
because it's not a simple thing to portray, right? That sort of atmosphere. Um, so yeah, we, we have that, but you know, the the as the film goes on, you know, as mentioned in the synopsis, like you can see people putting certain things aside, right? Because it is about yo, I'm going potentially into war with this person. I need to know that this person has got my back, right? Which is the crazy thing about being an arsehole. But you're just like, when, you know what I mean? When shit's getting crazy and you've been a, a fucking dick to this person, are they going to have your back? You know what I mean? Are they going to rush to save you if you're in trouble, right? That That's the kind of, that's the weird shit. That's the weird shit here. But you know what I mean? We see these things happen. Now, there is one thing that goes down, which you are like, is this in Homie's head? Like, is this one of the dream type things? Or is, did this happen? Like, but I think later on, you you understand, like, okay, that didn't happen. Well, even the later on thing, it could have still happened because you see people, you know what I mean? Be like, no, 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 that don't make me, you know what I mean? But we can see how he gets confused and he's trying to find that thing to hold on. Because the relationship with the mother is just fractious as hell, you know? But all of these things, you know what I mean? They really do shine well. Right? We get some really solid performances here, right? You, you, you believe everything. You really do. Which is, you know, in a fantastic job from everyone involved. And then there's a bit at the end, right? There's this conversation in the mess, right? After graduation. And it's like, oh, like you, it, it, you, oh man, it just hits you, hits you. Like from the first bit to then the hoorah, right? All of that shit. Right, it just straight resonates, it jumps out the screen at you. So, hey, this was really well done. It's um, you know, what I mean, it's it's just one of them films, not the easiest thing to watch at times, just because of the shit that's going down, and you're just like, Man, people should not have to put up with this, you know what I mean. But yeah, it, it's definitely something where I feel it's worth the watch. It's definitely worth the watch, people. And if you like, you know what I mean? Think of things like Men of Honor, right? Which are, um, I believe Bookham was in that one, right? Um, yeah. If you, if you like stuff like that, then I, I feel the inspection is going to be for you. Right, it is now available. Um, I think it's on Prime, right? But yeah, you know, hit the links. Um, it's all on the website, right? All that information is on the website, so you can check it out. But yeah, definitely a really solid day feature debut from Bratton, you know what I mean? So it'd be interesting to see what he does next, but yeah. If you're looking for something to watch people, then the inspection, hey, not a bad way to go.
Okay, people, it's that time. We're coming to a close on another episode. But before we do, let's take a look and see what's happening in the world of film. So this one, look, we're, we're very used to seeing now live action adaptations of Disney stuff, right? But when, um, you know what I mean, seeing this new DreamWorks live adaptation, I was definitely taken by surprise, right? DreamWorks are making a live version of How to Train Your Dragon. Yeah, right? It's already got a release date, the 14th of March, 2025, you know? But no one's been cast yet, <laughs> which is kind of crazy. Um, Right, so they've got um the 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 original director from the animated trilogy dean de Bloss. they've got him on board to um do his thing again like he wrote and directed the animated ones and he will be doing that with this live action i mean it makes sense in that regard but uh Yes, it's interesting that he wants to revisit his, you know, highly popular, you know, cartoon, right? So that's coming, people. Uh, M. Night Shyamalan, right? Knock at the Cabin is out, doing well in the charts, right? Um, and he has just signed a big deal, right, with Warner Brothers, which is a um, departure in a way from, you know, where he's usually dropped his films, you know? Um, yeah, it's been Disney and Universal. Universal most lately. But, yeah, that's, it's an interesting one, right? Um, but, you know what I mean? Warners have been grabbing people because they want content for HBO Max and everything like that although i gotta say i'd be a little i'd be putting clauses in my um contract that yo if you take it off the platform i get the rights i can shop it somewhere else you know what i mean because yo they've been wielding that axe on shit man so um yeah he's um yeah signed a, a big fat deal supposedly 3.3 billy you know so, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. He's already supposedly got one film um, on the pipeline, you know, called Trap, um, which is due out next August, you know. Um, and, uh, yeah, he's going to be under the same home as his daughter's new film, The Watchers. So, yeah, you know, it makes sense. Something that is, again, a surprise, right? We're getting a new Hellboy film. Yeah, I am very surprised, people. I am very surprised. Because the previous three have all sucked. None of them have been good. So um, it's up 
to Brian Taylor to turn that around. He's on tap to direct this new joint. Um, now, what what we um, have found out, though, is it's going to be an animated film, right? Which I think that could give them more leeway to do stuff. And it will be low on the expenses. Because this is Hellboy, right? He looks like a big D. You have his fighting craziness. So there's going to be a lot of CGI, right? Which racks up that cost. And I think when you're trying... None of the films have been good. So I, they, it feels like they wouldn't throw a whole heap of money at this. You know what I mean? Equivalent of an Avengers or something. Right? So it makes sense. It definitely makes sense. You know what I mean? We will see what happens with uh, with this one. Okay, so now I thought this was interesting, right? Um, oh man, I'm gonna butcher this name, but Achipatpong, Wirashrashko, right? Um, Omi directed Cemetery of Splendor and Memoria, right? Thai director, Mad Famous, he is making a new film which is inspired by the work of Arthur C. Clarke, right? His stuff, you know, Rendezvous to Rama, all of that kind of jam, man. And I didn't know this, but Clarke lived in Sri Lanka for 50 years, you know? Which is interesting. I did not know that. And one of his books is based on a mountain he visited, right? The Fountains of Paradise. And uh, I, I think he's getting, um, you know, uh, Apichat Pong is getting his inspiration from all of that. So, uh, yeah, being, you know, it's, it's going to be based in Sri Lanka, right? That's where he's going to uh, do his. Um, Scout location scouting, so yeah, let's see what happens with this. You know, could be an interesting take on some sci fi. You know, um, in other news, right, we're getting a um film about the founders of Heaven's Gate, right? If you don't know, it was a religious cult, right? Always, oh. <laughs> It's crazy. So there was the Philip C. Hoffman film, The Leader, which was based on that uh, whole shenanigans. Um, this new take will have Vera Famiga playing the cult leader, Bonnie Nettles, and Tim Blake Nelson is going to be um, Marshall Applewaith, right? The infamous frontman of the group. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be dealing with the true story of the 39 members of American UFO cult Heaven's Gate, which believed its followers could transform into immortal extras, extraterrestrials and would ascend to heaven. <laughs> Which is kind of crazy, right? Because in that theory, heaven is full of aliens, which I kind of feel a lot of Christians would not be happy at. 
<laughs> that whole concept. <laughs> but yeah, that's happening, people. Right, Michael Gallagher is going to be directing, and he's also written the screenplay. So, uh, yeah, he will be producing the film along with Jana Winternzitz, Michael Wormser, Joel David Moore, Rishi Baji, Daniel Taborga, and Max Oswald. So, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Barry Keogh has been killing it of late, right? He, uh, oh, shit. He was in a film I watched recently, and I forget the name. But he was also a big part of the Banshees of Ishiran, which was great, right? Um, he is going to be playing Billy the Kid. Hmm, <laughs> Right, it's going to be directed by Bart Layton. Um, and yeah, it's, it's meant to be, um, you know, a kind of a retelling of this character. So, uh, yeah, you know, Henry McCarty, right, was the original name of old Billy, it would seem, right? Um, so, yeah, we're getting this whole thing. He died at... Tw he was in the 21 Club, people. Right? He's in the 21 Club. Yeah, I'm interested. Because, you know, I mean, we've had Billy and the Sundance Kid and all of that. But this is going to be, you know what I mean? Really delving into the life of old Bills. Right? Um, it's going to be written by Hunter Andrews. And we'll start filming next year. <laughs> okay, so, um, yeah, actually, you know, this fits into what we were talking about earlier on, live action adaptations, right? Now, one of the craziest ones that is coming is Lilo and Stitch, right? I mean, it's, I feel it's about a girl and an alien. I've not watched a I heard the cartoon's great. I've not watched it. But, um... Zach Galakaniacus is, uh, you know, going to be up in the film, right? Dean Fleischer-Camp is directing it. Um, yeah, I think it's a Disney Plus release, which uh, is interesting. But, you know what I mean? They're going big. Looks like they're going big on it. You know what I mean? So, um, Chris Sanders and Dion DeBloss are writing the story, you know, which, uh, yeah, it's funny, man. So, you know, what I mean, because Dion, he, he's doing his own live action adaptation, right? So, uh, yeah, he, he's behind, he's going to be behind another one. So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Dan Lin. Jonathan Erich and um, um, Ride Back are going to be producing the film. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. Uh, we will see what happens with that one. And, people, we learned just the other day that 
the Captain Marvel sequel, The Marvels, right, which will be um, starring uh, Carol Danvers, Photon, and Miss Marvel, right? It was due out in July, but it has been pushed back to the 10th of November. So, um, yeah, I mean, this seems to be a big kind of shift in the release dates from Disney, right? Uh, I think um, Feige, Feige, Kevin Feige, Feige, I never know how to pronounce Homie's name, but he said the other day that they're going to be like not cramming too much in a year now, right? Spreading things out a bit more. So, um, yeah, there you go. There you go. All right, people, that is it. Um, hope you enjoyed the films. All right, share with your peoples, and we will see you next week. Peace.